Hey there, Super Sober Heroes. It's your host, Sober Steve, the podcast guy. And before we jump into today's episode, I want to take a brief moment to ask for your help to shape the future of gay A. Over the years, this podcast has grown and evolved as I've grown in my sobriety. And recently, I've been investing wild amounts of time, money, and energy to find ways to level up this podcast so it can get heard by the people who need to hear it. I want to take a brief moment to check in with all of you, though, to see what you love about the current show and what could be better as I'm growing and moving forward. In the show notes is a three to five minute survey for you to complete. I kindly ask that you pause this episode and take the time to complete it if you haven't already. You are kind enough to give me 20 to 40 minutes of your time each week when you listen to these episodes, and I want to make sure it's time well spent. So please let your voice be heard. Thanks, SoberPod, and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Gay A, a podcast about sobriety for the LGBT plus community and our allies. I'm your host, Steve Bennett Martin. I am an alcoholic, and I am grateful for my ability to do service in my home group. As of this recording, I am 239 days sober, and today we're welcoming a guest to share their experience, wisdom, and hope with you. Welcome to the show, Andre. Hey, how are you? How are you doing today? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm uh, happy to, I'm very happy to be here. I'm actually grateful for this opportunity and that I'm able to share a bit of my story with you. So thank you for the invite. Oh, my pleasure. Why don't we get started then with you telling us a little bit about who you are? Yeah. Like you said, my name is Andre, but I do go by Dre and my sobriety date is July 17th, 2020. So that would make me just over six months sober, six months in a week, I'd say. Congratulations. Thank you. And tell us a little bit more about what your journey with alcohol and addiction was like. Yeah. So I guess I can kind of start at the beginning and give you the breakdown from there. But yes, Dre, and I'm an alcoholic. And I was born and raised in Toronto, Ontario. Um, Middle class family. I was a middle child. As far back as I can remember, my childhood was like a very happy, loving one. Alcohol was never really a part of my household growing up. That being said, there was a really dark part to my childhood that I wasn't, you know, I was, I'm I'm always hesitant to share on, but if I'm going to be authentic to myself and my story, I always end up sharing this part of my story. But at a very young age, I, I was molested as a child started from like the age of eight by my uncle and fear was used to kind of keep me silenced. You know, I was kind of told that if, if I were to say anything that I'd be taken away from my parents and I'd be alone. And I think at that age was when my fears of being alone and like codependency issues kind of started for me. And that continued for a few years and until I was old enough to kind of realize like, Hey, this is not okay. And something's not right. And I kind of spoke up for myself and told this person that if it ever were to happen again, that I would say something. And it kind of stopped from there. And also around, that would have been like around age 11 going on 12. That's also when I told my parents something was going on. And um, not much was done from the situation. It was kind of like hush hush and life just went on. You know, it was like, but it stopped. So at that age, I was like, okay, so I guess this is how it works. You know, I told people I care about and it just, it's over and uh, life went on and enter high school, you know, grade nine was where everything kind of started for me. Um, 
I was closeted uh, in high school. I felt like I couldn't be my true authentic self growing up. Again, with that fear of being alone was coming up very, very much so in my life at that point. So I kind of had, I, I kind of hit who I was. And that's when uh, drinking kind of started for me. I actually remember the first night it was at a party in grade nine. And I remember the feeling, like, I, I remember liking the taste. And I also remember the feeling of just, I could be this very confident, outgoing person that everybody loved. And at a very young age, that's when drinking just became a part of my life. If I was celebrating, if I was upset, it didn't matter what the occasion was, drinking would be happening with me. And I do also remember at a young age, when I got drunk, this thing that happened to me as a child would always come up, but I would never speak on it. I was always so ashamed of what happened to me as a child. But every time I drank, it came up and I kind of just kept it to myself for a very long time. And uh, yeah, so that happened all through high school. The drinking was just normal, I guess. And uh, enter college was when I decided to come out of the closet. And uh, I was tired of, yeah, tired of being closeted. And I was just like, this is who I am. I finally came out and uh, yeah, it just, I felt so free at that point, but then the drinking never changed. Not too long after coming, actually, I should rewind. In, um, in high school, I did have my child who is now 18 going on 19. So I did have a child at a very young age with the girlfriend I was with all through high school. Back to college, this is when I met my uh, now ex-husband. And I got married at a really young age. I got married at the age of 19 going on 20. I am now 35 going 36. But yes, I ended up marrying someone who also was very much into the drinking and party lifestyle. So it like came hand in hand. It's like I could go crazy and off the walls with this person and it'd be like no consequences because we kind of did the same thing. And this is when drugs kind of when I came out of the closet was when drugs got introduced into my life. I've tried absolutely everything in the books, but for me, it was cocaine and drinking that like came hand in hand. And again, just like with high school, like the whole time I was married, like drinking and partying was just a part of my life. I would be doing it for whatever reason, but I felt it was just normal because I was, you know, I got a job at the casino and I was going way up in the company i was making good money you know like monday to friday i'd live my normal life if you will and be responsible and be a responsible parent and go to work and when i had two three days off i would binge drink and you know use cocaine and go to the bathhouses and just had these crazy binges but then i would be this responsible adult and go to to work so that happened for a very long time in my life. I ended up splitting with my uh, now ex-husband because the partying got so intense between us. And then I met my now ex-fiance. <laughs> and yeah, I was already so intertwined with the drinking and drugs. It didn't matter how much I actually loved this person. It always led to the drinking. It was It was always a problem. And while in this relationship, I got into a severe accident on the way to work. On the way to work to the casino, I was not at fault. It was not drinking related, but I remember waking up from the car accident with, you know, a broken nose down to toes. I was bedridden, prescribed pain medication and off of work. And this is when my disease, I believe, spiraled into something 
I don't even know what's called. It was, it just became a monster. Like I became this monster. And this is when the daily drinking started. It started to become daily. And then daily started to turn to very first thing in the morning. And I was just in this drunken haze for about four years. And it didn't matter what I lost. It just got worse. You know, I ended up, you know, losing my license. I got a couple of DUIs. I ended up losing my fiance. And one of the biggest losses actually was my son because I raised him with whatever partner I was with at the time. But the drinking got so bad, I had to give him up to his mother. And that wasn't, you know, like nothing, doesn't matter what happened to me. I could not stop drinking. It was like the more that bad stuff happened, the more I wanted to drink to just completely forget about everything. And yeah, it was, I was in a really dark place and it was about last year, Christmas, uh, that I believe that I hit my rock bottom. I was alone and coming up like a six, seven day bender, drinking by myself, self-isolating. And I lived on the fifth floor. And I remember looking over the fifth floor balcony and thinking to myself that it wasn't, you know, the fifth floor is not high enough to kill me. Like I would just, I would just hurt myself and I need to be higher if I want to. And, and, you know, like I kind of, that was like the moment where I was like, okay, this is not you. Like you, you, like, what are you thinking? You need help and you need help now. So that's when I decided to call a treatment center that I had been to before. I don't think I was ready to stop, but I, I, I called this treatment center back, begged for them to take me. And then that's when I found AA as well, about just over a year ago. So went back to treatment and found the, I seeked out a gay room in Toronto and I found one gay sober men's Toronto and yeah, that's when things started to kind of click for me, you know, kind of, you know, I, I met my first sponsor and I started uh, to go to meetings over Zoom and I, then the in-persons and I had this sense of like community, like I felt excited for recovery at this point. And um, that being said, I, I said, I found, you know, I went to AA and I started, sorry, I went to treatment and AA over just over a year ago. And I'm at just over six months sober. So it hasn't been perfect. I've had a couple of relapses in there, but I, I've gotten up so much quicker and I'm like, okay, no, this is what I want. And like now with like time under my belt and like really good things happening in sobriety and I'm you know, getting a taste of it. And like, this is what I've always, I think I've wanted sobriety for a very long time. I've always had moments where like I've wanted to stop, but Never could or never did. And now I feel like I'm getting, like, I'm just excited for sobriety. So, like, yeah, like, I just posted celebrating my six months. You know, six months would be the longest I've ever remained sober. And I'm just, I'm just excited for what's happening. You know, like, good things are happening. And if you put in the work and you really want it, it it's possible. You know, at one point in my life, I really... I did not see the light at the end of the tunnel. I didn't think that what I'm feeling and going through today was possible. And it is possible. Yeah, that's kind of like my story in a nutshell. Sorry, I kind of just went off there. <laughs> no, that that totally works. I mean, w- with all this excitement, what have been some of the positive changes in your life now that you're living sober? Yeah, so now that I'm living sober with just over six months, I call it like the promises. You know, the promises are 
slowly happening. You know, like I didn't, you know, six months ago, I would have never thought that I would get my driver's license back. You know, I got my driver's license back, kind of bawled my eyes when I passed the G2. And like, here's your license. I'm like, it's happening. You know, I bought a new car. I've secured a full-time job that I'm moving up on. And that's like the material stuff. But like the, the others, like being able to mend relationships that I thought were like forever broken or that, you know, like I thought this person would never talk to me because of what I did, but with showing where I'm at, like, you know, there is forgiveness and love out there. And one of the biggest rewards is now having a relationship with my son again. I mean, I don't have the full care of him like I did, but we're able to have conversations. We're able to connect. I'm able to see him and enjoy. I'm just able to enjoy moments and like just be in the moment, whether it's work, my son, or I even had moments, you know, driving my car, like on the highway. I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm sober. I'm driving. It's just so much good things are actually starting to happen. And it's because of sobriety. None of it possible without sobriety for sure. Yeah, and now that you have that kind of clear head with your sobriety, imagine for a moment that you came face to face with your past self when you were like in that four year haze or at one of your lower points. What would you tell your past self? Yeah, what I would tell my past self, honestly, because when I was in that drunken haze, I was alone a lot. I I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy that I wasn't loved. Nobody cares about you. I didn't love myself. I would go back and tell that version of myself, you know, that I am worthy, that I am, I am worthy of a life. I am worthy of recovery and that there are people that love you. There are so many people that I have on my side and my corner that I'm so grateful for, whether that's blood related family, my chosen family through the rooms just this, the network of people that I've always had that I thought I didn't have. I, I was always loved. I was just very lost. So I would tell that, I would tell that person, you know, you're worthy and you're loved. So yeah, I got goosebumps. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. And I know you touched on a little bit during your, your share, but you know, how do you feel like your sexuality played a role in your addiction? Yeah, this is a really good question because at one point, like while in addiction, I was like, it's because I'm gay. This is why this is the drugs is forced on me. And honestly, now that I'm like with time under my belt, um, I am very openly proud to be gay. Like I, I, I don't hide it. I don't sugarcoat it. I'm gay. I love it. Being gay. I don't, to be honest, when I really thought about this, I don't think it affected me and my addiction. I, I think I just, I ended up loving the chaos that the drinking brought. And I think regardless of being gay, straight or whatnot, I think I was born an addict. I don't know. It's hard to, I think this started at a really young age where I started to, then I thought about it. It has to do with my sexuality. No, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm very, like I said, open and proud to be gay. I don't think being gay is the reason why my addiction spiraled out of control or why I'm an addict. Yeah. But, you know, especially now that you're, you're sober and you mentioned like going to like, like gay, gay, sober men's groups, how has like that played a role in your recovery then? Oh, that's actually, that's, that's a good twist of the question there, because honestly, the, yeah, now that you were like that, I, I did think it would at very, at the very start, I thought it would be impossible to have a network of friends that were gay, that were not drinking or using. 
So it's actually pretty cool. Like I, I've been sober for this long, but I do believe it is also a big part of it is the fellowship and the bonds that I made with these gay men that are also, you know, on this same journey as me. I believe that we all have somewhat different stories here and there, but in the end, I find it's all the same. And the fact that I can bond with these gay men and, you know, it was my home group meeting today. Like, I just love seeing them. So yeah, that's it. You know, the fact that I had this network of gay men that are all wanting to be sober is actually, it's such a great thing. Yeah, I agree. I feel more connected to our community sober than I ever did when I was out partying and drinking. Right. right. Yeah. Right. There's a lot of firsts have been happening, you know, like first Christmas, first this, so like pride is coming up. So in my mind, I'm thinking like, okay, like all this like first sober, but I feel confident with the people that I have in my life. Yeah. Excellent. And if you can give one piece of advice to someone who is sober, curious or newly sober, what would it be? Yeah, for this, I a hundred percent for me, whether it's someone that's interested in getting sober or just starting out or just coming back, whatever the case may be. For me, it would be it's 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 what I listen to, what is keep coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, sobriety is not always a straight and easy path. Like I know that from experience, but that you know, keep coming back, which got me to come back is the reason why I'm here today. It's it's going to be tough, you know, and there might be like, you know, a little bump here and there, but keep coming back. You fight for it. it, it it's worth it. It is worth it. It certainly is. And in addition to keep coming back, what are some other things that you do in your daily life to help keep yourself sober? <laughs> I can hear my sponsor being like that. Yeah, no, for me, it's definitely the biggest thing for me is uh, staying connected. It, 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 it would 100% be uh, staying connected. You know, I have my, I call it my top five. I know it's probably sounds corny, but I do have my top five where I just constantly, even if it's a text or a call, I'll reach out to them. And something huge for me is reaching out to a newcomer. If there's someone that I met that's recently coming in or recently coming back i try to touch base with a newcomer at least once a day and for myself it's also self-care i i I am trying to do it more but like the whole meditating even if it's like a guided meditation while in the hot like having a hot shower and gratitude lists are are, are big for me and i i need to get reminders sometimes from others who share theirs of mine but just to feel and show gratitude for what's coming or what's happened in my life Yeah. Gratitude is huge. And as people in recovery, we typically tend to love our steps, traditions, and sayings. Do you have a favorite mantra or quote that you live by? Keep coming back. I've already said it. Yes. Um, Also one that I have tattooed on my arm is that I do love is that yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I love that whole poem and everything about it. It was one of the first uh, literatures I heard coming in into uh, recovery and I just fell in love with the whole, yes, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And for sure, keep coming back. (laughs) Excellent. And I've met you when you were recovering out loud on Instagram. Do you want to share your handle so that people want to find more of you, they can follow you? Yeah, for sure. My handle would be at the new Dre. Do you want me to spell it out? Is that? I will put it in the show notes as well. So if people wanted to scroll up from wherever they're listening, they can kind of copy and paste it over as well. 
Perfect. Thank you so much for being on. It was a pleasure getting to know you better. No, my God. Thank you so much for this. Thank you. Thank you for all of it. I, I'm like smiling ear to ear because of you tonight. So thank wow. you. Thank you. And thank you listeners for listening. Please rate and review if you found this information helpful. If you're interested in sharing your story, getting involved with the show, or just saying hi, you can email me at gayapodcast at gmail.com. And be sure to follow us wherever you're listening so you get new episodes when they come out every Monday and Thursday. And until next time, stay sober, friends.